It's Thursday, September 10th, 2015. This is the Hermetic Hour, and I'm your host, Pope Runyon. And tonight we present the second in our series of discussions on the Sephirot of the Tree of Life, Yesod, the Foundation. The Treasury House of Images, the Ninth Sphere. Yesod is considered the transition point from the Yetzirah to the Ashia dimensions. From the etheric to the astral. It is related to the moon and is called the sphere of the emotions of memories and dreams. It is the sexual center both physically and spiritually. It is essential to the art of magic. Again, our texts will be John Michael Greer's Paths of Wisdom, Gareth Knight's A Practical Guide to Kabbalistic Symbolism, and Dion Fortune's Mystical Kabbalah. So, tune in, come along with us as we delve into the mysteries of Yasad and Levana, which is the ancient Hebrew word for the moon. Now, Yasad as those of you who are familiar with the Tree of Life and and the Kabbalah, as you're aware, Yasad is the spear right above Malkuth at the bottom of the tree. It's it's the ninth one down. And uh, it is right at the demarcation point. In fact, some diagrams of the tree draw a line through the bottom of Yasod, and everything below that uh, can be considered in the etheric or the physical dimension of Ashia. So it's, it's the demarcation line between the dimension of Ashia, which is the physical dimension, uh, and it has its one sphere, Malkuth, as you, as you will recall. And the demarcation line goes right at the top of the 32nd path and through the bottom of the Assad sphere. Now, curiously enough, all of the uh, Western authorities that I just, um, that I just quoted in our texts, they all say that, starting with Dion Fortune, of course, that Assad is... Is and he is in the etheric plane. Well, that is not specifically correct because, as I say, the demarcation line of uh, the demarcation line between Ashia, the, the physical dimension, uh, I mean, uh, in which it contains Malkuth, uh, it goes right through the bottom of, of the sphere. And so you can. So to be more accurate, we can say that yes, you saw it has a has an etheric um, component down there at the bottom where it start where it projects into uh, into Malkuth, but it is not entirely in the uh, in the Inishia. It is most of it is in Yazira. And which is, of course, what we indicate the Kabbalistic term for what we refer to as the astral plane, and where images are formed. Now, we discussed before the preforms that Yitzira is the dimension 
and the spheres in Yetzirah are the dimension of the uh, where the preforms, the images are are formed, and and uh, and the emanations come down and they collect down in in Yisod, which is the foundation, and it can also be said that that Hod, the next uh, sphere up, and that's the eighth sphere. Uh, that Hod is where these um, uh, these images are are put into into some sort of a, of a format, a plan. <coughs> I think using using the analogy of the of the chair, um, uh, like my friend Lon Duquette extrapolated from Plato about God and God wants a chair, and and so. Um, well, we can we can say that that HUD is is in a sense the engineering department. It's it's where they have the they have all the boys on the drawing boards and and uh, and and on the slide rules or they don't use slide rules anymore. I guess you do. Know, but but it's where it's where the the uh, the plans get drawn up, and and then the HUD is is uh, the workshop where they get put together and then. Uh, that's where the chair that the we that that God wants uh is uh, you know is is finally finished and 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 varnished and upholstered and then it's sent down to the showroom in Malkuth where where uh, uh those those of us who want a chair can can buy it and uh, so it's important to realize that that Hod has a kind of a uh has kind of a controlling uh, function uh, for what is what is put together and transmitted down uh, into Malkuth. Um, what we might kind of think about in 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 regard to this uh, is um, uh, the analogy of the Goetia, because in our system uh, we don't put. The, the Goetic spirits are, are, are described themselves in the Galatia, which is which is a Christian grimoire, by the way. It's not it's not Jewish. Uh, they describe themselves as fallen angels. Now, uh, a lot of them never were, and and, and whatever, and, and a lot of them, like like uh, like Baal and Astaroth or Baal and Astarte, uh, they they were. They were old pagan gods, and and in some instances pagan, uh, you know, actual pagan, what you might call demons or genie or whatever, uh, and in some cases angels. But because of Milton, and, and we can blame this on on Milton, Paradise Lost, he is the one who who made the uh, the ancient gods of of. Um, of Canaan and and uh, and Babylon into fallen angels, uh, and so that's why in the Galatia, uh, Astaroth, uh, Astaroth, will will discuss the 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 fall of the angels and, and tell you about and whatever, and is one is one herself according to the the, the Milton interpretation. Now, all of these. Goetic spirits, when they when they descended 
from the spheres that they're that they're that they originally represent the planetary spheres. They all collected in Yasod. Now uh instead of in the cliff off as some people have mistakenly uh, imagined, uh they collected in the bottom of Yasod and uh Yasod being a storehouse of images uh and the the sphere of the magic mirror, this is this is where uh, they can be they can be contacted, and and that of course is is what we do. But um, what we do with them is we contact them, and, and the way I put it, they live in palaces which resemble the spheres they fell from. So we uh, we we call them in in uh, both in the sphere of Yasod, and we also. Uh, we also call them in the uh, in the sphere within the sphere of Yasod because each sphere of the tree of life contains all of the other spheres within it, and this is a very convenient uh, 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 kind of a double entendre for the in, in the Kabbalah. So you can take it, so Yasod itself, being the storehouse of images, obviously it has. It, it, uh, this really applies to Yasod. Now, one of the important things about about Hod being on on top of it is that that Hod is the place where where the Shemiham Farash angels live. And uh, and just don't, don't don't just take my word for that. Barden, Franz Barden agrees with that too. Uh, and uh, he places the Shemiham Farash angels in, in Hod. And they, of course, those Shemiham Farash angels, uh, they are the safety the safety uh, uh, governors for the Goetic spirits because there are 72 Shemiham Farash angels and there are 72 Goetic spirits. And so uh, we use those. those And being in Hod, one sphere above you saw it, they have a controlling, they are a controlling factor. Uh, now let me read to you what we have in in the uh, uh, Hermetic Yoga Beyond the Middle Pillar in our in our book on our, our yoga system. Uh, what we have on Yasod here: Yasod, sphere of the moon, the foundation, the sphere of memory. Yasod is one of the gateways in the tree of life. It is the entrance to what is called the astral plane, or in Kabbalistic terms, the dimension of Yitzhak. It is called the world of formation. Yitzhak is called the world of formation. It is also called, Yitzhak is also called the foundation, because it is here that the preforms of everything that will come to exist in the Shia and Malkuth are originally projected downward. This is in keeping with the astrological philosophy of Picatrix, in which it says that all astro-magical operations should be planned in accordance with the aspects of the moon, as she is the reflector of all that the heavens send to the earth. Now, that is very, very important. And I also want to point out that uh, the mansions of the moon, and each one has its own angel, and each one has its own characteristics. And the mansions of the moon are also Yasodian. And uh, in that respect, I strongly recommend uh, Christopher uh, Warnock's uh, book on the mansions of the moon. 
And, uh, and we use that constantly. Because the mansions in the moon, and in Goetia, if you if you studied the Goetia, you'll find that that uh, that you should not you should not operate in, 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 in a galactic operation. Should be when the what the moon is waxing, and also it should be when when the mansion of the moon is favorable uh, to the outcome of the operation. And uh, and so you need a good you need a good. Uh, um, uh, lunar, lunar ephemeris with the magic of the moon, and, and as I and I think uh, Christopher Warnock's is, is is excellent. Uh, now, the astral plane is also driven by emotion. It is the realm of dreams, and it is also the sphere of memory from which dreams are made. The goddess of this lunar world is Tanit, who is called the who was called the face of Baal in ancient Carthage. She migrated from North Africa into Europe and became the white goddess of the witches in the Dark Ages. She is traditionally represented by a symbol like a triangle surmounted by the three phases of the moon, and it also resembles a cup. This tenitrum is said to be the origin of Solomon's secret seal that contains the rebellious spirits in uh, the brass vessel used in poetic rites of evocation. In her palace, Tanit sits behind a violet veil and holds the crystal of memory in the palm of her right hand. The eye of fate can be seen through the crystal in the palm of her left hand. When you visit her, you may be allowed to look into the crystal and see a vision of the future. It is unwise to abuse this privilege. Yasad is also the home of the Goetic spirits, many of whom are fallen angels and old pagan gods and goddesses such as Palamastarte. They reside in palaces like the spheres from which they once fell. Hence, when we summon them, we open the sphere of Yasad and we activate the sphere of their original home. The archangel Gabriel, who is also the ruler of the Western Quadrant and the element of water, rules over Yasad. And she will allow you entrance through the gate of the mystic rose when you chant her name as you ascend the roses in your upward flight. Now, that's what we have to say about Yasod in, in uh, Hermetic Yoga. But let me, uh, let me do a little describing here. Uh, the Yasod Mandala is a nine-pointed star, which is formed by three interlocking triangles. And they have, uh, they have the violet-purple of your sun as a background and their gold triangles. And then, uh, then they have uh, the seed letter Gimel uh, in Phoenician, and, which we pronounce K. And uh, the, and the archangel is Gabriel, and the goddess is Tanit. The musical note is B, and uh, and they are this this nine pointed uh, uh, this nine pointed star is on a is, is seen on a rose of pale yellow petals, and there are, there are nine petals in the rose. Um, the image or the icon of Yasod is the goddess Tanit. She has three faces, 
and and uh, the, the the hag, the crone, and 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 the uh, and the maiden, and uh, and you can see her in the icon. You can see her with her with her with the, uh, her hand behind the crystal, and her and the eye of fate showing through it. And uh, the quote from one of our seasonals that we have on the icon is. Only I may master Lotan, keep him in his natural course. All thy solar fire and fury come to naught without my force. To knit uh, the tides of the moon, the moon's tides control the tides, and they control not just the tides, but also uh, the the internal the internal flow of, of uh, menstrual fluid, and and, and uh, so. Having you saw it as a uh, as a, uh, uh, a sexual center is certainly is certainly appropriate. Something I'd like to point out too is that that uh, Dion Fortune and and Gareth Knight and um, uh, John Michael Greer all following Dion Fortune uh, indicate that you saw it is the sexual center. Now this, of course, is um, right in line with our with our uh, Western psychic center system, which is an extrapolation of the middle pillar exercise uh, that you're familiar with from the Golden Dawn. Uh, now this is not the Eastern system at all. In the Eastern system, Mars, they place Mars in that, in, in the psychic center. And has some some validity in that, but but uh, the moon is is certainly uh, more appropriate, and you saw it is more appropriate, and so that that is an added an added um, bona fide and and, uh, and and authentication for the Western system is that that uh, our authorities all say yes yes you saw it is the sexual center, and of course yes Tipperith is the heart center. Uh, so what are we doing using this this uh, this this Eastern Laya Yoga system? Why are we doing it? Well, we're doing it because it lines up better with alchemy, and and uh, and uh, but that's not that's that's not reason enough. And so uh, I mention that because I don't have that. I, I just realized that. Uh, and after we publish the book here, and so the next volume of the book, we're certainly going to pick it up and mention, and and make sure that we we mention the fact that 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 our our own authorities are are confirming uh, the the middle pillar system. And uh, now, one of the things that that we should definitely discuss with you, you saw it is this. This, in relation to the, the, the Eastern system and compared to the Western system, is this whole business of the etheric and the astral. Now, I remember I said that uh, that uh, our authorities, along with saying that yes, it is the sexual the sexual center, they also seem to think or or, or seem to give the impression. That Yasod is entirely in the etheric plane. Well, it isn't. It's, it's not, and, and, and capitalistically, it isn't. Uh, it's it's the gateway to it. Uh, but part of part of Yasod obviously is because obviously they has to have a gate, and they have to we have to uh, have some some transition. So part of Yasod 
uh, is and at the bottom is is actually in the etheric. What well, now? Just what is the difference between the etheric and the uh, plane and the astral plane? Well, the etheric plane is is not not purely physical. It's not purely physical. It's it's um, it's uh, the, the aether as occultists have defined it, and as we and as we can actually demonstrate, we can demonstrate the is what the Orientals call chi, uh, or has been referred to as odic force, uh, and the spirit dimension in uh, in, uh, in the four philosophical elements. It is the life force, um, the life force in, in, uh, that mesmerism uh, evokes. It's it's this mysterious life force that, quite frankly, is what makes our yoga system work because we draw it down from the cosmos and and uh, and we draw it down from the cosmos and bring it in with the oxygen which the which the uh, which we breathe it in with the oxygen which the Easterners call prana. So that's one of their words for it. But the, the etheric plane the, uh, is is that that life force matrix uh, that that lines up with our nervous system and our glandular system in the physical body. So it actually does in the physical body. It does it does have have its analog in in the glandular network up and down the spine, and uh, and it has its uh, it has its um, uh, it has its physical analog in the nervous system, and uh, but to describe it, let's say this: if you want to want to if you want to prove to yourself that it exists, just rub your hands together and rub your hands together, your palms together uh, until you until you get until it get hot, and then and then cup your hands. Take them apart and cup your hands and sort of make a make a ball of energy projected from the palms of each hand, and you can actually squeeze this ball and you can actually feel this this etheric energy. And if you are if you are psychic at all, you can actually see it. And um, the uh, there there are numerous ways that you can prove that that this that this etheric energy exists. Prove it to yourself. Uh, one of the one of the ways, of course, that that I like to, to prove that it exists is is uh, uh, through the use of the Cheverell pendulum, and uh, and then a little device we call we call zero light, uh, in which you can make a in which you you can make a blue light in a dark room move all all, all around the room. Uh, by your command or whatever uh, this this life force is is the etheric plane um, and it it's very difficult to photograph it uh, and the reason is is that it, go, it, it it operates on a higher uh, different different frequency of vibration than than our physical matter. Uh, we just, uh, Zandri and I just watched the other night, uh, watched uh, uh, the, the Lovecraft Society's production of, um, um, of uh, Whisper in the Darkness. And they were, 
they were trying to photograph the uh, photograph one of these uh, these creatures from outer space that in uh, uh, in in the, in the movie and uh, and first time that they looked at the photograph they couldn't see all they could see was a blur but then they put it on a on a and and adjusted the stereoscope and it suddenly popped in in into uh, into focus and they could see this crab like creature lying there. And and this was explained uh to Charles Ford who happened to be there in that group and then in the film. Uh that yeah, it was a different it was a different uh vibration, different dimension and, and so if you could if you could uh um see it from a different perspective you could you could photograph it. Now um I don't want to get this confused with with ectoplasm. Ectoplasm is something that Dion Fortune and, and and a lot of her followers still believe in. I have never seen ectoplasm, and 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 I'm not sure that it actually. I'm not sure it actually exists. I I I, I really am not. I'm not trying to to uh, say that it does. But if if it did, it would certainly be an example of of, of the etheric plane being being becoming visible in some form. Uh, now, um, I'm sure there are people out there listening to me. They're going to say, oh, ectoplasm, that's real. You know, well, maybe it is. And if it is, it's certainly etheric. Now, one important thing about the etheric plane in relation to our psychic center uh, system, both Eastern and Western, is this. The entire, now this isn't just my opinion, this is, this is Powell, the the the, uh, the the theosophist, and and the, the Theosophical Society, is that they they say and they interpret the all of the the chakras, the psychic centers in the Eastern system, all of them are in the etheric plane. They are they are etheric entities, and therefore that's why they don't show up on an X-ray. They don't show up on and the only way they can be seen is, is to be scryed. Um, and, but they're in the etheric plane. And the Western system, uh, the, the Western chakras are all in the etheric plane. So uh, the, uh, this, this is, is a, a difference between the two systems, and it's a very important difference because uh, yes, the, the the chakras are roughly in the same place in both uh, in both uh, systems, but they are one is in the etheric plane, and and the other, the Western system, is in the etheric plane, and both of them, both of those systems, of course, are are uh, have their component in your side. Now um, that's important to uh, to understand, and. Um, I'd like to, on this business of the material uh, aspect of uh, of your son, I'd like to read uh, Dion Fortune's uh, um, of all of our texts. I think in this particular sphere, and I'm saying for all of them, but in this particular sphere, especially, Dion Fortune seems to be the one that both. Uh, uh, both Gareth, uh, Gareth Knight and uh, and uh, uh, John Michael Greer are both leaning on Dion Fortune very heavily uh, in their interpretations of Yasan. Um, 
And of course, they they lean on the unfortunate in their interpretations of, of the rest of the spheres too. But but mainly on and you saw it; it's, it's really obvious. Now, let me read you a little bit of what the unfortunate says here about the material and the etheric. The material universe is is an insoluble riddle to the materialist because he insists on trying to explain it in terms of its own plane. This is a thing that can never be done in any sphere of thought. Nothing can ever be explained in terms of itself, but only by being resumed in a greater whole. The four elements of the ancients find their explanation in a fifth, the aether, as initiates have always maintained, for it is a doctrine of esoteric philosophy that any four visible states always have their root in a fifth, an invisible state. And for instance, the four worlds of the capitalists have their root behind the veils of the unmanifest. It is only by positioning this unmanifest fifth and assigning to it certain attributes deduced from the manifest four as being essential in the prime cause that we are able to arrive at any understanding of the nature of the four. So do we find in Yasod the unmanifest fifth of the four elements of Malkuth, the fire of the ancients answering to the aether of the moderns, and earth, water, and air to the solid, liquid, and gaseous states of matter. Yasod must then be conceived as the receptacle of the emanations of all the other separate. <coughs> as is taught by the Kabbalists, and as the immediate that only transmitter of these emanations to Malkuth, the physical plane. As the Azuric text says, it is the function of Yasad to purify the emanations and to prove and correct them. Consequently, it is in the sphere of Yasad that all operations are carried out which are designed for the correcting of the sphere of dense matter or in any way to dispose of its unity of design. Yasod, then, is the all-important sphere for any magic which is designed to take effect in the physical world. I want to read that again. Yasod, then, is the all-important sphere for any magic which is designed to take effect in the physical world. Now, Recall that I said that uh, Yasod is the, store, there's the treasure house of images. It's also the sphere of the magic mirror. And uh, so consequently, uh, the spirits of the Galatia uh, reside there and can, be, uh, and can be brought to visible appearance and can be, uh, be conversed in the sphere of Yasod. Of course, to get there, to get to the sphere of Yasod, you need to open it. And in working these spheres in, 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 in magic, especially in evocation, you need to open the, the sphere. And to do that, we use a universal, uh, well, no, that, that was regarded. We, we use a septogram. And the septogram is a planetary septogram with Saturn at the top, 
and and the planets going around in in in, in their regular uh, hermetic order, clockwise around the uh, around the uh, uh, the star, the points the, the points of the seven pointed star, and um, we we in, we in, invoke. Uh, the septogram uh, by tracing it, tracing it with the wand. Uh, after we after we open the, open the sphere that we're that we're operating in uh, through the master ritual of the yoga, and we and we activate the the uh, and you always activate you know when you when you activate the any pentagram or a septogram, you always you always uh, invoke toward and banish from. And when we do this with the with the with the uh, uh, with the uh, septogram, we trace we we trace the formula. Ararita, do the do the seven pointed star, and uh, and then recite the name uh, the name of the angel that controls uh, the, the sphere. In this case, Gabriel. And we open the we open the sphere that way, and uh, and that way we when when we start into the operation we are already in that sphere and we projected it all around us and we projected it uh, to to the edge of the magic circle, so uh, that uh, that that's the way it, you know we do it in in uh, in evocation. Now I'm going to read a little more of Dion Fortune here because. Uh, um, she says, Yasad is of supreme importance to the practical occultist because it is the first sphere with which he makes acquaintance when he can, when he commences to rise, to rise on the plains and lifts consciousness above Malkuth. And having having trodden a terrible thirty second path of the Tao or Cross of Suffering and of Saturn. He enters Yasod, the treasure house of images, the sphere of Maya, illusion. Yasod, considered by itself, is unquestionably the sphere of illusion, because the treasure house of images is none other than the reflecting aether of the earth sphere, and corresponds in the microcosm to the unconscious of the psychologists, filled with ancient and forgotten things repressed since the childhood of the race. And she's talking about the Yogian collective unconscious here. The keys that unlock the doors of the treasure house of images and enable us to command its denizens are to be found in Hod, the sphere of magic. It is truly said in the mysteries that no degree becomes functional until one has taken the next. And anyone who tries to function as a magician in Yasod soon learns his error, for although he can perceive the images in the treasure house, he has no word of power with which to command them. And therefore, in an initiation upon the Western path, at any rate, and I cannot answer for the Eastern, um, the grades of the lesser mysteries go straight up the central path to Tipperet and do not follow the line of the lightning flash. In Tipperet, the initiate takes the first grade of adepthood, and from there returns, if he so desires, to learn the technique of the, of the magician relative uh, to the personality of the tree. 
And that is to say the macrocosmic unit of incarnation. If he does not desire this but wishes to become free from the wheel of birth and death, he proceeds up the central pillar, which is also called by the Kabbalists the path of the arrow, and passes over the abyss into Kether. And he who enters this light cometh not forth again. He becomes a sparkly. Yassad is also the sphere of the moon. And therefore, to understand its significance, we must know something about the way in which the moon is regarded in occultism. It is held by initiates that the moon separated from the earth at a period when evolution was on the cusp between the etheric phase of its development and the phase of dense matter. And those who are familiar with the terminology of astrology will know that the cusp is that phase between two signs wherein the influence of both is intermingled. The moon, then, has something of the material in its composition, and hence the luminous globe we see in the sky. But the really important part of its composition is etheric, because it is it was during the phase of evolution. When life was developing the etheric form that the moon has, uh, that the moon had its heyday, and for this reason, this phase is called by some occultists the lunar phase of evolution. Uh, now, I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, say that that's all uh, something that I completely believe in. But but uh, you know that was that's uh, something I think that Dion Fortune got from both Blavatsky and and Max Heindel. Um, The moon is the positive pole, the battery of the earth is the negative one. You saw it, as we have already seen, reflects the sun in Tipperah, which is, in its turn, is Kether on a lower arc. Now, don't, let me mention something about that. There is a doctrine which is becoming more and more uh, verified by, 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 some, by, by physics that this doctrine of the sun behind the sun or the sun beyond the sun now there is there is a theory in physics that has some very uh, very interesting uh, ramifications and, and what and what it is 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 that stars that stars like the sun now are not just in one dimension that they have that they're drawing their power from another dimension, and when you think about it, how does the darn how does the sun keep burning? Where does it get, where does it get all this this uh, this this uh, energy to keep continually continually burning the way it is? Uh, and and the theory is that they, that, that this is a theory of, of uh, a Russian physicist, and I forget the man's name at this time, but. Uh, I think our friend uh, Joseph Farrell, he he uh, he uh, uh, was the one where I got this 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 from. And in fact, we may have discussed it when we had him on the show. Uh, that that the sun is drawing its its energy from another sun and in, in a, in a, that it's connected to in another dimension. And and that may very very well be true. But in regardless of that, Kepler, uh, there's a, there's a direct relationship between Kepler and the sun as as uh, as you know. Now, 
It is the light of the moon which is the stimulative factor in these etheric activities. And as earth and moon share one etheric devil, all etheric activities are at their most active when the moon is at its full. Likewise, during the dark of the moon, etheric energy is at its lowest, and unorganized forces have a tendency to rise up and give trouble. The dragon of the cliff-off raises his multiple heads, and in consequence, practical occult work is best left alone. <laughs> now, of course, that's what she's... But, but actually, we, we in, 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 uh, in our yoga system, we ride the, that dragon... We ride that dragon up up, up through the spheres, and uh, and so uh, we can ride him just as well in the, just as well in the full of the moon as we can in the in the dark of the moon. Uh, and uh, to mentioning that again, uh, as you recall, uh, Johann Gicko uh, thought the dragon was the enemy, but he still wanted us to ride the dragon. But uh, he wanted us to ride the dragon to purify the spheres uh, and, and, of course, tame the dragon. And, yes, we want to tame the dragon, but we want to use him to, to take us uh, to the spheres. And uh, so uh, we're, uh, they, one of the reasons why the theosophists, although they embraced the Eastern, the Eastern chakra system, they were terrified of the kundalini and the sexual uh, aspects of, of tantric yoga, they were they were very very stodgy Victorians in that respect. Even though they were somewhat anti-Christian, but they retained their their uh, Victorian uh, uh, Christian uh, super morality. Um, so uh, essentially, you saw it is is you know one of the uh, one of the spheres of. of uh, uh, one of the most important spheres in the practice of magic, and is, and is all important in, in, in the practice of evocation. Now, I'd like to read you something about uh, what Jan Porcher says about the sacred marriage here. Let's see. Now, it may be asked if the sphere of Yasad is etheric, why are the generative organs assigned to this sphere? And for surely their function is physical, if anything is. And the answer to that question is to be found in the knowledge of the subtler aspects of sex, which appears to be entirely lost to the Western world. It cannot be entered into in detail in these pages, and I must suffice to point out that the, all, that the more important aspects of sex are etheric and magnetic, and we might liken it to the iceberg, five-sixths of, of whose bulk is below the surface. The actual physical reactions of sex form a very small portion and by no means the most vital portion of its functioning. It is owing to our ignorance of this that so many marriages fail to fulfill the purpose of the wedding, which of two halves becoming a perfect whole. We take no account of the magical side of marriage despite the fact that the Christian church classes it as a sacrament. Now, let's talk about that for a minute. The Christian church classifies marriage as a sacrament for one reason and one reason only, not St. Valentine. And and uh, and I don't mean Al Capone, no. That's the St. Valentine uh, who Valentine's Day is named after. And 
who almost became the Pope. And this was, uh, he, he, Valentine, believed that the sacred marriage was the true passion of Christ, and the bridal chamber, and, and was the true passion of Christ, not the crucifixion. This was Valentine's teaching. And and the church, all of the church, they, 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 they pilloried Valentine, and they made him out to be a, to be a sexual libertine and all the rest of this and 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 um, uh, he had, but Valentine Valentinian Christianity was was the Christianity of of Mary Magdalene and 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 the Apostle Philip and uh, it was their it was their uh, their in which and it was also in the, in the uh, Joseph and Asenath allegory. Uh, it was the sacred marriage was described in that as um, as as the sacrament, and um, so this is where the idea of the soulmate comes from, and which was originally that concept originally came from Plato, but that concept, the soulmate concept, was adopted by probably by Ezra uh, into the Bible in his version of, of Genesis. Where he has, uh, and, and where and Jesus picked up and verified this. Uh, I don't think Jesus, Jesus didn't like much of what Ezra did, but he did go along with this one. That what God has put together, let no man take, uh, break asunder. And Jesus was very much against divorce. And uh, Jesus's mentor Hillel. Uh, that was one of the one of the things that they parted parted the ways on. Hillel was was uh, very very much he wanted he wanted to liberalize divorce, and Jesus his student was completely um, uh, against it, basically because because Jesus believed in this in this this soulmate uh, idea that once a man and a woman are married, they are completing this original hermetic androgyny they're completing it and 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 the soul is then is then fulfilling itself so uh and valentinian christianity is of course based on on that and that that's what is behind i'm not saying that uh that uh neon fortune was a valentinian christian but she was pretty close to it and especially in this um and uh, I'm not going to, at this point, I'm not going to get into the sex magic uh, aspects of, of some of this. But uh, um, those of you who know about those things, you can understand that, too. So you saw it certainly figures in, in, in those kind of operations also. And um, so uh, the... Uh, Main thing to remember about Yasad is that it is the sphere of, of of magical images, the sphere of memory, the sphere where we where we we in, in our path working where we encounter past lives. And those of you who have taken our our path working up the thirty second path, uh, you you will recall that when we get to the and we get to the, the to the to the sphere of memory on the top of the great colossus out in the Gobi Assad, uh, that's one of the ways that we we go into that huge that huge crystal 
and recover past lives. And uh, so it is. It, and this, to, reca- to recap what uh, the unfortunate was saying, this is also where we can access uh, the archetypes of, of what Carl Jung called the collective unconscious. Now, the sphere of Yassad is, um, is, as I say, the ninth sphere, and its color, its color is deep violet. Deep violet. That's in. That's the minutum mundum color uh, in in the uh, in the queen queen scale. Now you remember the minutum mundum. Uh, the paths are active and the spheres are passive. So the paths are the and they are the letters of the alphabet, which which are the formulas, and that's why they they place that's why they 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 place the the paths in in uh, in absolute in the highest scale. That's the kether. That's the at the 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 absolute the absolutic scale, the the king scale, and then. The queen scale is is uh, is the Brianic scale, and that's the next one down, and that's the the spheres are all in the Brianic scale color scale, and the Brianic color scale for for uh, Yasan is a deep violet, and uh, and I think that's rather appropriate because that of course is the is, is similar to the royal purple and and uh, um, so this about concludes what uh, remarks that uh, that I have on on uh, on the uh, uh, on the sphere of Yassad. Next week uh, we may we may have next week we may have uh, the distinguished author uh, Karim El Kusa, author of Jesus the Phoenician the Phoenician Code and uh, and uh, other works. Uh, Pythagoras, the mathematician, and uh, he's going to be visiting uh, Los Angeles. He's giving a lecture uh, at, uh, at the Glendale uh, Masonic uh, Center on the 27th, the day after our seasonal. And uh, so we may have uh, we may have uh, Karim El Kusa calling in, uh, discussing his his books um, and. Uh, as you know, we've already previously had a show on one of his books on that, on Jesus the Phoenician. And and if if he wants to call in the following week, because he's going to be here for, for about uh, 12 days, uh, if he wants to call in the following week, we'll, uh, we'll take him on the following week. But uh, we're going to continue. Otherwise, next week we'll either continue with Hod or we will have Karim El Kusa calling in. And in either way, it's going to be a very, very, very interesting show. So we'll see you next week, and until then, good magic.